Are you ready to jump into some true crime docs, crime thrillers, and more? Check out our website for an extensive list of our favorite movies and shows at thesirenspodcast.com slash watch, and find our favorite true crime and thriller books and authors, some covered on the show, at thesirenspodcast.com slash author alley. You can even find special deals for Amazon Music, Audible, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus, Showtime, and even Grubhub. If you're looking to jump in immediately, check out our pinned Facebook post for some streaming service free trials on us. You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. This is Sirens, a true crime podcast. Hello, Killerinis. This is Raven Rollins. I am here with my friend, Simon Vaughn. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, You might notice some different things going on this season. Um, So Holly had to take a step back. Uh, She has, well, let's just, she started her own business and she's got her other full-time job and a lot of other things she moved anyway a bunch of stuff uh, led to her needing to do less episodes so you're gonna notice a lot of guest episodes (laughs) this season including simon yes uh, that would be me Uh, simon is my friend and has no foot in any true crime doors (laughs) absolutely (laughs) none whatsoever has never, uh, doesn't work in the field, doesn't play in the field. No, nothing. Okay. (laughs) So he's here with me today so that I can tell you and him about the Christmas special we are doing right now. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, happy holidays. I should should probably say happy holidays. Uh, Yeah, so for your holidays, homicide. Merry, merry murder, everybody. Merry murder. <laughs> um, so we're just going to jump right in. Today I'm going to tell you about a couple. The Dennys. Uh, Jack and Elaine Denny from Locust Grove, Oklahoma. And this happened to them on Christmas Day 2007. So a while ago. Jack Raymond Denny. Born October 29th, 1942 in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Elaine Childress was born November 24th, 1941 in Wellington, Texas. Both graduated from Sperry High School in 1960, which I don't even know where Sperry is. I also have no idea idea? where Sperry is. Broken Arrow is right, basically, we're basically in Broken Arrow right now, but... I think Sperry is to the south of Tulsa. Is it? I think. Uh, I don't know the Tulsa area good enough to know. Well, you and I are both from Ada, so we both don't really know too much. I know Broken Arrow because I'm like in it right now. But I mean, I can walk backwards blindfolded (laughs) to Ardmore, but I can't. I could not tell you which way is north. I'm sorry, Sperry people, that I don't know where that's at. 
So. Wow, that was a surprising chunk of your audience that just disappeared. <laughs> Everyone in Sperry. I'm so sorry. Let us look it up, and it's got a population of like 14 or something. <laughs> and all of them are listeners. Damn it. <laughs> so they were married on January 21st, 1961 in Tulsa. And together they lived in Alvin, Texas. And then in Broken Arrow before settling in Locust Grove in 1981. Now, Alvin, I am familiar with. Alvin, not, Texas? Yeah, not going there. Uh, I have seen that one on some road signs before, which when you're going down into Texas, there's always the main thoroughfare signs, and then there's the signs that you can tell if you're going that way, <laughs> you're actually going to Louisiana yeah. or yeah. to another state. Yeah. Yeah. And then... I've never, I, I've never even heard of Alvin, Texas. So, I, I've never really been to many places in Texas, so I couldn't tell. Like Wellington, Texas, no idea. So I'm sorry. Be friendly and bring People a gun. In Texas, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Failing to do so, we'll have one forcefully installed in you. Locust Grove, isn't that north? Is it north? Uh, no. Well, sort of. It's northeast from there's, here. There's uh, a highway mm-hmm. you head out. from here. It's, uh, it's just like a straight shot there, isn't it? It is. It's if you were on your way to Mays County, out to the Pryor area, like if you're on your oh. way to Arkansas. Uh, Locust okay. Grove is either off of 244 or 44. I think it's 244 it's Loc- off of. Yes. Uh, Locust Grove, I just forgot. We covered Locust Grove in the Girl Scout murders. So it's it's only like an hour yeah. east of here Mm -hmm. okay yeah my mom um lived there for a while when she was like seven my my (laughs) wife's father used to visit it on the reg actually because he was a repairman of sorts but he never had a job uh, to do in locust grove he just said back in like the 70s it had the absolute best diner in the state of oklahoma i believe that because it's a small town, and it's those hole in the walls that are Absolutely. like the There's, best. That's where you. That's where you find like a burger messiah mm. is middle of nowhere. Yummy. I believe you. Um, okay, so they had two kids, Chris and Sarah, and Jack had recently recently retired from the Grand River Dam Authority. He was a superintendent of mechanical maintenance, and he retired after 27 years of service. Whew. That would probably be a really fun job, though. Damn. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. Where's my butt bump? Damn it. There (laughs) we go. (laughs) Don't worry, everyone. I'm only a guest host. So um, he loved to build and work with his hands and work with anything mechanical. He also enjoyed enjoyed gardening and dancing, which who doesn't? He had a passion for old cars and hot rods. He also loved being with his wife and took good care of his family and household. He especially enjoyed spending time with his grandchildren. Elaine, on the other hand, enjoyed sewing, cooking, and gardening with her husband. She was a dedicated homemaker and was known for her organizational skills. She loved to play board games and she would ride as a passenger on the golf cart with her grandchildren as often as she could. Which I, I, I would do. If I had one, I would do it. Hey man, life goals. (laughs) (laughs) 
She also thoroughly enjoyed decorating for each holiday and sending cards to family and friends. She had a fondness for each and every one of her animals. They had a pretty happy retirement. Jack loved to tinker in his wood shop, and she became locally famous for her homemade candies and baked goods, like those old school ones. Um, What were they called? Like ribbon candy? You remember that? Oh, yeah. The hard candies? Yes, like the old school hard candies. Yeah. So apparently she was like... ones that unfortunately, whenever you open the can, if you leave it, once you've done that... It's all one. It all turns into one. (laughs) Yeah. After that. So apparently she like made stuff like that. And it's like she would just like make it, spend tons of time making it, and then just go to her neighbors and be like, here's a thing of wonderfully homemade candy and baked goods. She was known, well, they were known as the grandparents of their neighborhood. Which it checks out. I would love to have. Wait a minute. I just remember what show this is. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting there. (laughs) Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, just a moment here, Raven. Um, You got to tell me straight. Okay. Does this have a happy ending? I mean, it's true crime. Oh. So. Oh. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, define happy. <laughs> Everyone's fine, and candy is still made. <laughs> I mean, there's still candy out there, I'm sure. But Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm about to tell you what horrifically happened to them. <laughs> Yay! (laughs) I'm sorry, I pulled you into my world. (laughs) The Christmas season was particularly special for them. They just, like, they loved the Christmas season. Elaine, who was 66 in 2007, was busy making her trademark holiday breads and peanut brittle. Oh, my God, I love peanut brittle. Um, On Christmas morning, while she and her husband waited for their adult children and grandchildren to arrive. She loved to like hand this stuff out as gifts, so she was like preparing for the onslaught of family. Yeah. Um, they loved getting and giving collectible Christmas ornaments for the Christmas tree, like the Hallmark type. Her son, Chris, and his family lived four hours away in Allen, Texas. But they drove up every holiday to spend with them. Her daughter, or I say their daughter, lived nearby and was um, a high school teacher along with her husband, was also a high school teacher. And so Christmas Day, Elaine is staying busy in the kitchen. She's making her goodies. And Jack sits at the table and reads his paper and they wait for their family to arrive. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so Sarah arrives with her family first. She's concerned when no one meets them at the door, like they always do. She walks inside. The door is completely unlocked and sees that what she believes is a black trash bag on the floor at first. She gets closer. She realizes that it's not a black trash bag. It is a giant pool of blood. They immediately call the police. Both of them were found in the dining room. Elaine was lying on her back and had been shot in the head from the front. Um, She was dressed in her cute little grandma Christmas attire, had no shoes on. What happened to her is something, obviously, that she wasn't expecting. Jack, on the other hand, was on the floor near the table where his head was beneath the chair. So he was like, you could tell he was like sitting at the table, reading his paper, 
and someone shot him and he just fell over where he was and landed on the floor and there was blood everywhere so because it was christmas most of the local investigators were off for the holidays the local police make the call to osbi and investigators notice jack's open wallet on the table with no money inside although credit cards were still present Here's the thing. I want you to remember this. So I saw the crime scene photos. Um, the wallet that was on the table was brown. I just want you to keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> just remember that. I, I just remember it. <laughs> okay. So credit cards are still there. Money is gone. They don't know if he started with no money or if someone took the money but then didn't take the credit cards or what was going on with that. There were also spent bullet casings all around, including on top of the table. Uh, There were firearms in the house. There was farm equipment that was still present. Nothing was missing from Elaine's purse. Uh, And still investigators didn't think it was so okay obviously this isn't a robbery yeah this is what were they looking for in his wallet that's what i'm saying because one of the number one crimes that i hear about up here is like especially with home invasions or theft uh you hear from handyman and any mechanically inclined guy around here like tools tools get stolen faster than guns tools get stolen faster Mm -hmm. than anything because they pawn so easily Mm-hmm. And all of that was still present. Yeah. So he was sitting at the table. It looked like his wallet was open in front of him. And then he was shot where he was sitting. And that maybe she had turned to face what was happening and got shot in the head. Fell back and landed on her back. Very strange that nothing else was missing. Yeah. Um, and like I said, they don't know if he started with money or not. Oh, weird question. Uh, maybe you're going to get to this, so just tell me to shut up if you are. But okay. uh, what caliber were the bullet casings? Um, I might get to that. I don't know if I even wrote that down. <laughs> That's a great question. I don't think I wrote that down. <laughs> Little thing about your guest host this time. I am a I am a firearms enthusiast, yeah. and uh, I can tell you from shooting multiple calibers of handguns, I'm a 45 supporter myself. Uh, that yeah, I, get, I could be I guess wrong. Maybe a, maybe a pocket pistol or something in this case. I could be wrong. I did not write down what the caliber was, and now I feel really shitty about it. Well, if it was, <laughs> if, sorry, if it was 2007, actually, I do know for a fact the uh, bullets ran like water in the state of Oklahoma then. Um, yeah. You could, uh, just about anyone who had a firearm was packing usually a 9mm, which 9mm, of course, being one of the standardized uh, ones for most handguns nowadays. Now I have to know. I'm sorry. Now I'm, I have to I'm know. sorry. I didn't mean to detract. No, just, that, it's fine. That's really peculiar nine millimeter it was nine mil- nine millimeter we've solved it, it was nine millimeter is yeah anything from largest pocket pistol up to standard sidearm uh, and no firearm ever recovered so interesting yeah see i hate missing things and so i'm glad you brought Yay, that up i was helpful <laughs> you're helpful okay so uh and and it didn't say how many times jack had been shot it just said that he had 
multiple. He had multiple gun multiple wounds. Multiple gunshots. She took one. She took one straight to the head. Straight to and the head. And that's it. Like just one and done. But then, so investigators came in, and after finding the, sh- they found the shell casings, and it said shell casing. It didn't say how many, but it said shell casings. So we know, for some reason, he like shot the shit out of Jack, and Elaine was almost like getting in the way. Because it was just a one and done. Like I don't suppose Jack had any uh, front-facing exit wounds, did he? No, I don't believe he did. Then yeah, he just straight up he right there in the he chair. punctuated the sentence with her. So, and they did find a palm print on the dryer in the home that did not match Jack, and it did not match Elaine or any of the family. Interesting. Yeah. So. Investigators have to explore other motives than robbery because this is looking kind of fishy. Absolutely. I mean, okay, look, I mean, there's only so much TV you can tell yourself isn't real until you start recognizing <laughs> yeah. TV patterns in yeah. the world. It's like that's that's like a well-written hit scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. That's the opening of a crime drama. I know, and it's like really focused on Jack is what it seems to me to be for some reason. But then, like, literally everyone they talked to was like, they were both literally the best. Like, not one ill word spoken about them. So who could have a grudge against this old man? Like, it it would have to, I don't know, go back decades or something, you know? Uh, is it bad form to speculate? Uh, you can speculate if you'd like to speculate. They were retired. They're also in, they went down to Texas at some point in their life, mm-hmm. and then they came back to Locust Grove. Locust Grove has everything you need to survive, and not a whole lot to be connected. Yeah, I can see that. They've got enough. They do have the internet out there, but yep. um, it's definitely having driven through it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's one of those places that unless you have a reason to be there, yeah, yeah. you yeah. blink and you miss it and you're okay with that. Yeah. So, I mean, who's to say? No one knows. I mean, this also is going to start getting into things that living in Oklahoma, you yeah, know, I, you know yeah. not to ask questions about. It's like, I'm sorry, you said he worked for a public works facility? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Neighbors... Uh, uh, rubbernecking happened uh neighbors started gathering around the property investigators are trying to work they're pouring over this scene for clues one man um, was arrested for demanding his peanut brittle <laughs> she said fine there was a lot of blood and it looked like somebody had fired a gun um in the dining room all of this happened in the dining room by the way just all of it and um it, according to one of the policemen he said it looked like someone started firing into Jack and just didn't stop until they run out of bullets. That's Which what he said it looked like. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So then to the neighbors, all of this is like inconceivable. Like everybody is talking about how great they are. No one has grudges against them. Like no, there's nothing that anyone can say that's bad about them. Right. Um, one neighbor suggested that there were like because it was Christmas that there were burglars in the area and that maybe they had a run in with a burglar you mean the thing that anyone over the age of 50 says when they don't want to go outside yeah 
Yeah. No offense to anyone yeah. over the age of 50. I myself am in my 30s, and I've been paranoid of that <laughs> since I was eight years old. So <laughs> I am actually relating. So one of the first speculations by investigators as to why the wallet was open and in front of him on the table. So the very first thing that they think is that this is possibly a case of mistaken identity and that he had pulled his wallet out to show whoever it was, who he was, like show him his ID. Yeah. And I guess that didn't work, Mm -hmm. but this was just a speculation. So obviously there's nothing to prove whether that happened or whether it didn't happen. There's, there's no evidence for or against. I mean, his ID was still in his wallet. So, and, and that's something that investigators run into. these cases and podcasts yeah. <laughs> come to be by merch. White girls like me gonna solve it one case at a time. Heck yeah, with a gun in one hand and a baby in the other. <laughs> Hell yeah. Here's the other weird part is that all these neighbors started congregating and investigators are asking them like, what did you see? What did you hear? No one heard the gunfire. Oh, and this, no. it's not, <clears throat> it, it, well, it's not like this neighborhood um, where everything is like scrunched up next to each other. There's a good chunk between, but still nobody heard someone literally unload a clip into somebody this on Christmas not, morning. This is not an insult in any way, shape or form, but having grown up here, I know that there is a substantial chunk of the Oklahoman population who can recognize a gun report mm-hmm. from miles away faster than they can recognize the national anthem being played. Yeah. yeah. So. And then on the flip side of that, there are people who have lived in Oklahoma for so long and have heard just random gunshots so much that, that we just learned to ignore it. Exactly. <laughs> well, also, I mean, in high wind, how many things yeah. whacking against anything sounds like a yeah. gun went off? I mean, if if a squirrel lands on your trash can, hit the deck. Well, so in the apartments that we used to live in, uh, Simon used to live underneath us in the apartments. And in, oh, I mean, Lord. you could hear a car backfire and think that it was gunshots. Exactly. Like, so, Which we did all the time. A lot. And also gunshots, it though. It also didn't help that the apartment <laughs> complex across the street was usually full of screaming yeah. intoxicated people. So Yeah, that was fun. Fun times. Fun times. Fun times. <laughs> Okay, so Billy Scott, the couple's nephew, shows up on scene. Okay. He apparently lives close by and apparently checked in on them every day. Uh, he is, So when he shows up, the investigators want to talk to him and see when the last time like he talked to them was. He is obviously, and this is according to the investigators, he is obviously anxious and jittery. And he says he was, quote, the last person to see them alive. He says that. Verbatim. (laughs) Verbatim. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm upset and saying, like I was saying earlier, that this is a, like, TV drama. Mm -hmm. I have to say this is a TV comedy now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, dude. Why would you say, why would you say that? (laughs) Yeah. Like. Look, I can understand slip of the tongue, but slip of the tongues happen due to being exposed to something yeah and that means that either you knew before you got there Mm -hmm. which if you did and you didn't have anything to do with this 
how did you know that before you got there? No, because, I mean, he just shows up on scene. He shows up nervous and says, yes. I was the last person to see them alive. Yes. <laughs> Where are you now? <laughs> Please, come with me. Please, by all means. Can you need a cup of coffee? <laughs> What's so, uh, uh, what size are your wrists? What kind of what kind of watch do you wear? Uh, by the way, you got a gun? <laughs> yeah, you got a gun? <laughs> like a nine mil or, you know. <laughs> how fast could you say you could sprint a mile, actually? You just let us know that. <laughs> yeah, so they take him, obviously. They take him downtown. You like to gamble? (laughs) (laughs) They start asking him. He says that he brought them a newspaper in on the 23rd of December. You brought a dated document. (laughs) You brought them a dated document. He even says it was like 1130 a.m. What? Like, okay, so... Im- immediately they're going, he's like offering way too much information. Yeah, like that's... Like spe- specified... Isn't there a phrase time for that date location. in investigations? You know? Like, uh, like, oh, like too forthcoming. Yeah, too, overtly yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Well, yes, and that's the thing. Like, if we take a look at a lot of serial killers, um, let's just say like Son of Sam, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh they liked to come back and and look at their crime scenes. Absolutely. They liked to insert themselves into investigations. They liked to be helpful. Look at Ed Kemper. Oh, I mean, God, yeah. No. He, he would go into um, this, I forget what the place was called, but it was a bar for cops. He would go in there and rub elbows with cops. Yep. While was, like, out killing people. It's a thing. I do know this one from my own weird nerd research on things, but... I do know this part. This is that this is an issue that sociopaths, violent narcissists, uh, largely egocentric psychotics, all largely share. They're desperately in need of confirmation. Yes. It's not even like wanting the spotlight. It's yeah. psychological validation. Yeah. Some of them are absolutely craving the answer that yes, you are bad <laughs> yeah yeah that's well i mean you're need. not wrong yeah uh because that was kind of one of ed kemper's things like he was like mm-hmm. i had to that's why he turned himself in he was like i needed someone to tell me whether i was a good egg or a bad egg exactly turns out bad <laughs> but no and that's that is 100 of the time uh, an insanely common thing that yeah. you hear amongst the criminally insane yeah is just that is that it come it boils down to the whole like i can't be i can't be the unique part of this yeah because i'm a human Right. 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 right? <laughs> I am human, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you like you hear that a lot. Yeah, in a so, lot of interviews. So he is already being like way too forth- forthcoming and they're like, What is going on? Like, why is he giving us all this information? Like he tells them specifically, he was like, Yeah, I got there at eleven thirty. Um, I brought in the newspaper. It was the twenty third of December. Uh, he said Jack was in the shower when he arrived and Elaine gave him money for the newspaper and he it, it was just like it was just like weird. Like the weird vibe. Too itemized. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so they always pause at behavior like this because of what we just talked about. Like um, I mean, that's not, it's not guaranteed, nor is it actual 100% suspicion guaranteed because, well, 
Another thing for those of you who are who live in the more populated areas of Oklahoma who may not know is that backwoods people are a little weird. They're a little, yeah, they're a little weird. Um, and, 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 we're talking, this is Oklahoma, so if nothing, this might be the wrong word, but if nothing exciting has ever happened in your life. It tends to freak you out. You know? Yes. And so... I don't know. As a backwoods explosion <laughs> enthusiast myself, actually, yes. Oh, no. You haven't lived until you've seen that tree stump blow up, and yeah, you probably want to start saying things that you didn't realize you did. Uh, I don't know why I just saw uh, Joe Exotic in my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either that, yes, it's either you blow up trash cans in the middle what of nowhere, he? or throwing dynamite into that little pond or yep. whatever. Oh. You okay. either you either have an explosive, <laughs> you make an explosive, yeah. or you buy yeah. tigers. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Or in this state. or all of yeah. it, or all of the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they are they continue to talk to him. They find out that he has an affinity for firearms. Okay, I'm sorry. I just I just have to say it's like okay, you and every other registered voter yeah, in the yeah. state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I, you, I mean you're not wrong. We're talking so, about Oklahoma. So he tells uh, them that he owns. Three bolt action 44s. Now, I don't know what that is because I don't know guns. Bolt action Is that a 44? rifle? Mm-hmm. You said 44. Yeah, it says 44. Bolt action 44. Bolt action dot 44. Well, that's a couple of different things. Okay. <laughs> I know nothing about well, guns. First of all, um, it is not a gun that is capable of shooting anyone quickly. Uh, if it's is a, it like a like a lever sort of? No. Uh, what a bolt action means is it's the ones that you see in movies where they're glorifying snipers, oh, where they have okay. that they have that little uh, dangle hanging off the side that they flip up, right, right, throw right. back, okay. bullet goes flying, they flip it forward, patriotic music plays, so an eagle screams dramatic. in ecstasy, and uh, the guy shoots all the Hitlers. Okay. okay. With a single bullet. Okay. It's one of those. Okay. Uh, but it is a usually a bolt action is for accuracy. Uh, that's where you have a single round. You don't have to worry about much mechanical action uh, okay. impeding your shot. They're lighter. They also are not usually chambered in 44 because 44 is traditionally a handgun yeah. round. So that would be... I can think of a couple of guns off the top of my head. One being my... Pardon me for being a know-it-all. My father-in-law, rest okay. in peace, was an avid gun historian and right. and he it was a delight whenever he'd walk you through some neat stuff like this. Yeah. There have been bolt action handguns. I own one myself. It is not chambered in 44, but But you can <clears throat> chamber it in 44? Uh if it's what's called a carbine. Okay. A carbine is a rifle that is designed to fire higher powered handgun ammunition. It's mostly for not long range. So the only, this is so bad. The only reference that I have is Red Dead Redemption 2. Hey, there have been way worse representations of actual historical firearms. That game actually did do their research. Okay, good. Well, good. They ignored a lot of it, but uh, actually a lot of the, uh, I've actually looked that one up myself. Uh, the uh, The guns in that game are an accurate representation of guns of that era. This carbine or carbine? Is it carbine? As far as I know, it's pronounced carbine. Okay. I don't know. 
Kind of the same way that a carabiner is pronounced a carabiner I'm instead learning. of a, carabar- a carabiner. We're all learning here today Yay! about guns. Please don't shoot anybody. Okay. Uh, so Man, this is the weirdest after school special. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out he has three of them. But a bolt, if it, that has to be, he has to be talking about rifles. But uh, See, that's what I was, I thought. Because it if was it's not, it's even weirder. Because if it's a bolt-action handgun chambered in forty-four, I that's doubt not, it. That's not only a collector's item. Yeah, that's for well, I, murderers and Olympians. Well, that's who that's for. <laughs> and he says he has three of them, so that's highly doubtful. So it I mean, it's probably is a rifle. Who knows? Probably could is. be backwoods. One of those backwoods <laughs> mafia guys. He could who have made he's it cool. himself. Who knows? Oh boy! So you're telling me you have three <laughs> unregistered zip guns in your possession? Man, that's neat. This <laughs> is Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, dude, you're not supposed to tell us that. Did you not realize we're the police? <laughs> you know we're the police, right? The police just stop recording and say, I've got five of them, idiot. You don't yeah. say it out loud. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. turn the recording back on. So it's got it's either a round that I am just not thinking of. Yeah, bolt action. If it's yeah, it's a rifle that shoots forty four Magnum, which is a Ooh. for those of you who don't know. I know Magnum means big. Magnum does mean big, but it didn't <laughs> premiere in Dirty Harry's hands until about the second movie. Actually, ah. uh, it's that's moose or bear ammunition for the most part. If you're taking a handgun into Alaska, Jesus. Uh, that bullet is roughly the size. If you are a uh, chocolate enthusiast like myself, mm-hmm. it would probably be about the size of your index finger. Wow. Yeah. Just one. That is me. Round. That is me describing that I have pudgy fingers because I eat a lot of chocolate. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Here's that's a, a big ass booit. Let me take a look at these. Yeah. No. It. They're. Uh, they're. They're Magnum rifles. Uh, they come in lever action and bolt. Uh, that shoots a forty-four, and it's just forty-four Magnum, which forty-four Magnum is already chambered for long anyway. Yeah. Uh, long meaning rifle caliber so okay <clears throat> so if well obviously they were not shot with this sort of uh gun but if they were shot with it at close range oh if they were shot with that at close range one it would have only taken one round and on each of them and two was i hate to be morbid um the materials covering that alone but was her head intact yeah, that yeah. wouldn't be the case. Okay, yeah. Um, even, I was afraid you would even say the that. auto version of that ammo, uh, the non hollow pointed, which is hard to find because it's almost always made hollow point. Yeah, but even the non hollow pointed forty four magnum ammo is basically like having a uh, I'm trying to think of relative size comparison here. It basically would be like a marble. Okay, going into your head. Okay. At high velocity. Yeah. And then immediately splintering and franging. Oh. Which would, uh, it distorts the concussion wave from all of the force. It's like someone rammed a knuckle into your forehead at supersonic speeds and then your knuckle exploded inside. Oh, my Causing God. cavitation, a, right. a big old bubble to form yeah. that most human bones don't do good against. No. Jesus. Well, let's... Think the nine millimeter that I mean, you know, if you're gonna lose the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like might as well not paint a wall. 
So, uh, and he he didn't own up to owning any other different. Just the three. Just rifles. yeah, just the three. Either yeah. way, those are those are high powered rifles. Yeah. Like, um, can you hunt with those? Yes, you okay. can. As a matter okay. of fact, hunt with Magnum rounds. But okay. I don't know. But if, should you? <laughs> what, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends on the animal. Actually. Okay. Some animals you actually want. It's actually the same thing, weirdly enough, between like power tools and vehicles. Yeah. Some jobs require velocity more okay. so than okay. torque. That's a torque bullet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Then you have to break a brick with another brick. So then, so they just went ahead and put him through a polygraph test. In now, 2007? Yeah, in 2007. Like we all know. When did they start saying those that uh, those were, for the most part, worthless? It's junk science. It is. It um, always has been, too. And this comes from, uh, I forget his name, but the guy who wrote Mindhunter. Oh! The FBI mm-hmm. agent. Okay, so he basically said a long-ass time, like in the 70s, like that they're junk science. That's what I thought. Because he's studied... Basically, narcissists, serial killers, and he knows that they're easily beatable. Well, most of the signals that that thing is actually, most of the biofeedback those things are picking up on yeah, are not, not regular no. in someone whose brain chemistry no. is wrong. I mean, what's your basis? What is, what is your, yourself? Oh, their pulse got, like, uh, their pulse uh, heated up a little bit yeah, there. Yeah, I mean. Like, were you loud? Yeah. Are they in an interrogation yeah. room? So yeah. they're oh. already anxious. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. just, there's so many different things. <clears throat> and so he himself has said like, no, it's, it's junk. And anytime he's ever worked on a case, he's like, please don't polygraph them. Just please don't. Like it's, it's not admissible they in ca- court anyway. So I thought, that, yeah, they're not admissible no, anymore. Right? No, no. And they haven't been for a while. Are they, I mean, so they're still like, you can still legally you can, yeah. use one in an investigation. As a matter of fact, <laughs> It's weird that, okay, so as a matter of fact, when I did my um, private investigators uh, school stuff, like I did that whole year, and we covered fingerprinting, and we covered blood spatter analysis, we actually also covered polygraph tests, and there is licensing that you can get after you become a private investigator that you can go on and become a certified polygraph tester. And I'm sitting here going, that's so junk. It is. That's like, not. I'm sorry. It just seems like a way to make an extra buck. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry if you're a polygraph tester out there. I'm so sorry. Don't at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, no I'm one's complaining saying, about anybody being successful. What no, we're complaining no. about is its relevancy. Ex- in an exactly. Exactly. That. No, anyone can go to any polygraph tester and say, I want to have one done. Like, even as a private citizen. So it's basically the same thing as, like, going to get an MRI. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can just do it. <laughs> For no wow. reason. Yeah. So, so I'm not even sure. Wow. I'm not even sure why they did that here. Uh, I mean, he passed, obviously. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they even did that. I have two things to say real quick. One, the reason I was harping on the gun thing and everything is that you don't have a carbine. You don't usually see someone with a carbine who doesn't have a handgun. That doesn't... It's like... And also, usually, too, you don't see somebody with a carbine who doesn't have other guns. Yeah. Those are... They're just not... Uh, not in 44. That's a specific thing. 
Yeah, for someone to... I mean, he he literally said he was a gun enthusiast. And yeah, yet those are the only three that he owns. You only have three rifles that are very awkward rifles to yeah, own. Yeah, I think... Also, you're a gun enthusiast who has rifles in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Where's your shotgun? The That's answer what is, I'm saying. The answer is, uh, why isn't it in my hands yeah, at this point? Yeah, So, uh, and, the, But I mean, <clears throat> there were no guns missing from the scene. I just realized the other thing, though. Uh, you introduced me as someone who has absolutely no experience in uh, true crime and everything. Yeah, and but you do just, have guns. <laughs> I just realized how much of this information that I am talking about. Yeah, and that sounds See? fucking weird. <laughs> so everybody has their thing somewhere. <laughs> I am a, just to let you all know, I am a lunatic creative. I, that's what I do, and I do a lot of research similar to what Raven does. Yeah. Just Raven is actually a good person, and I am a weirdo artist who reads things and laughs inappropriately at them. I am also guilty of laughing inappropriately, but not. It's why we're friends. Here. <laughs> well, maybe here. I hope not here. Uh, you know what? Let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so they're thinking that if, like, he's an enthusiast, he would have his motive would be to steal the guns at the scene. No guns taken from the scene. So. Well, that's a stupid conclusion. They also take his prints, and it doesn't match the palm print. Okay. That's literally all they have to go on there, and so they move on to other suspects. Um. <laughs> Audible sigh. I know. I know. Fellas. Um. <laughs> Okay. I know, and this this is the OSBI at this point. So. Whoa, whoa. I mean, I'm not saying. Whoa. Like, <laughs> like, okay, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yes. I... Yes. This is the OSBI because <sighs> all of the other the local investigators were taking holiday, and so. Oh, because it was Christmas. Because yeah. it, it's Christmas Day. Oh my goodness. And so they just immediately called the OSBI in. They just immediately handed over. To OSBI. OSBI? Yes. The polygraph? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Why? Osby, no. Yes. So, yeah, and they they don't have any other uh, evidence, really. Um, They don't have anything to tie him to their, like, I believe uh, he had an alibi for the time of the murders. Um, And so the prints didn't match. He had an alibi. They just they let him go did they release his alibi um i don't know unknown okay unknown then they switched to looking at a man who worked under jack at the uh at the dam at the dam at the damn dam and um apparently he had before he retired he had um like punished this guy for something and this guy was like going around telling everybody he's a whistleblower and like all this stuff. And so, oh, whistle. I don't. I don't. That was the quote, whistleblower. And so I don't know this, what it was about. This man accusing Jack. A, a, yes, accusing Jack of being a whistleblower. whistleblower. I don't know what that means. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Jack had disciplined him for something. Nothing came of that either. Or sh- should I say, there was no evidence to back like up that Like I said, guy. anything to yeah. do with public works is <laughs> leave it alone. Yeah. 
So in the meantime, their funerals were held on December 30th, 2007 at the Locust Grove High School Gymnasium. And the case quickly hit a dead end, like quickly, for months to follow. Investigators uh, from the OSBI, like Special Agent Vicki Lyons, refused to give up. And she would literally walk around the neighborhood and take prints from just random people. Not, Not what I would have done. Yeah. I'm not an OSBI agent, so that's fine. I can, I mean, I can think of two things. I guess they were thinking like it had to be someone in the neighborhood. I. But that seems counterintuitive. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, No, no, I don't. I think you're right to think (sighs) that way. I think one of two things here, either is that they were at such a dead end and it was bothering her. And that's damn near obsession. Yeah. Or to get people to think that somebody still thinks it's. Yeah. Relevant, yeah. Or it's to agitate someone into dropping their guard. Right. Right. Just constantly being there, hoping for someone to finally fess up to hoping something. Hoping for someone to say something as stupid yeah. as yeah. I, I'm the last one who saw them alive. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, I mean, it kind of seems like an okay tactic if you're at a brick uh, wall. Like you were saying, if the tactic is you're taking the fingerprints for another secret motive, like trying to get people to talk to you or something like that. I mean, of course, the fingerprints, the printing is going to come in handy. Yes, you can always run them, but I don't think that's how you're going to catch the guy. That's just me. I'm not a police officer. I'm not OSBI. I'm just a fucking private investigator, but not my tactic. Anyway. Uh, nothing really came from that though either. And, uh, so, so they lived on like this outskirts, uh, of town and there were like, there were several little houses in this little, what do you call it? Like it was a little neighborhood. Um, but they thought for some reason what, like the killer had to be from the area in the first place. I guess that's why they were doing that um but then they were told that there's like an old camp nearby that randos frequented man don't don't insert don't insert a oh by the way there's a clear lake back there really (laughs) want to go check out camp crystal lake yeah that's what i meant sorry (laughs) yeah but uh yeah and and someone had even said that there was a guy staying back there at some point and they went and checked it out there was a camp there but no one had been there in a while yeah by the way i think maybe it was like a hobo camp or something like that by the way five miles back there's a camp full of people (laughs) who are missing all their teeth and the wind whispers your darkest fears yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 they also at one point went like door to door yeah of course, you have to go door to door. When you run out Which of everything, is, you've got to do something. Well, and that's how they found out that no one freaking heard the shots yeah. fired for some reason on Christmas morning. But then, <laughs> but then again, it's a hectic morning, and okay, we've we've <laughs> moving on. <laughs> We're gonna get to the part where this is like an assassination, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a year goes by. Authorities received a bizarre letter from a Cherokee County prison inmate named Justin Walker. Mm. 
Sounds like a character in a movie <laughs> that would be like this. What is wrong with this story? He had recently been locked up on assault and battery charges. And in the letter, it says, quote, I did unlawfully and willingly take the couple's lives. I shot and killed them both and robbed him from his black wallet, end quote. Uh, so how did they, I guess, uh, say this guy was emphatically the killer because uh, black, brown, colorblind is not a thing. It's not. Um, so, I mean, actually, some investigators were skeptical at first. Uh, they had to follow up because it, it was a confession. So they had to follow up. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jack's wallet was brown. Um, I literally saw it with my eyeballs. Uh, and then I read this letter with my eyeballs and it said black. So, uh, there were th- a lot of things investigators saw that were correct. Things that did happen, things that did line up. But then there were a lot of things that didn't happen or didn't line up in this letter. They thought maybe it's a widely known case by now. He could have picked up information from articles, headlines, stuff like that. Maybe he's trying to get attention, notoriety. Maybe he's trying to make himself look more badass in jail that he just went to. Or get moved to another penitentiary. Or or something. something. Yeah. Um, And so the investigators conducted a prison interview. Uh, they, I don't know why they did this. I guess they just wanted to see if he knew what it looked like. But they had him draw a sketch of the interior layout of the Denny's house. Um, it ended up being, quote, not perfect, but we talked about it. And the other investigators and I, and it was enough. We felt we definitely had a good suspect, end That's quote. not... It was enough. How, that, what? That's not how any of this works. Okay, look, that only works if the drawing was incomplete. I yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like yeah, yeah, that looks like a kitchen. It's only been Does a year. It <laughs> it's only been a year, and I've apparently murdered a couple in their home. I think I would at least know what the layout of the living room and the kitchen looked like, at least. So. And, and if it were me, I, w- I wouldn't have even drawn the rest of it. I'd have been like, I didn't go here, X that out. So yeah. don't even look at that. But here's the kitchen and here's the dining room and here's the porch. And, you know, like. Okay. Um, okay. okay. So they compared the palm print, not a match. There you go. They took it to the DA and prosecutors declined to charge him. Gee, I wonder why. So more than four years passes. Walker is released in June 2012 served his time OSBI requested that he visit their office for a follow up interview when he got out Uh, but this time Walker when he comes in he sits down he says I never said any of that like completely recants his confession Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact he said he didn't even remember making it like I wasn't there for that so somebody uh, somebody owed somebody a favor (laughs) yeah so, I mean, there's nothing we can do now. Yeah. There's nothing. Literally nothing. You have to let him go. Yeah. So, in the years that followed, Lyons, remember the one who went around taking the fingerprints? Yeah. Um, she later tapped by Thorpe, an officer, to help him look into the state's cold case files. And uh, 
chief in their mind was the murder of the Denny's. They interviewed people who originally worked the case, and Thorpe reached out to local news stations to do a segment on the anniversary of the murders. Um, kind of like, if you know anything, say something, mm-hmm. call, you know. And and at this point, it's 10 years. 10 years after the murders. 2017. And they get a tip. They get a tip from a former mental health professional who had treated Walker. He gave them enough for an indictment. So he apparently told this mental health worker that at some point during the stay at the hospital, he told the mental health worker that he had killed the Denny's. Okay. But that he had intended to kill someone else. Which does sync up with what they were saying. Right, the initial investigators. Doesn't explain the handprint. So, Walker's girlfriend had told him that her uncle had molested her when she was a child. And he wanted to get revenge. Uh, But he went to the wrong house. And he ended up killing the Denny's. Which is why it was so focused on jack at the you know mm-hmm. so he mistook him for the uncle even though he was trying to show him his id like i'm not this person you're killed him so because of hipaa the worker was unable to disclose this information until a grand jury subpoenaed them um it's it's basically your only hipaa workaround mm-hmm. and they served him and, and then he testified uh, later, and this, of course, led to Walker's arrest for the murders. Walker initially pled not guilty, claiming a mental disease or defect. Thorpe studied the prior cases against Walker, finding that he had always been found competent to stand trial, and that he eventually agreed to a plea deal in March of 2019, two counts of second-degree murder. So after serving 10 years on a firearms conviction, Walker was handed 40 more years and the Denny family in attendance of the court uh, listened as Walker accepted his 40 year sentence from the judge. The sentence won't actually start until after he finishes the 10 year sentence for the unrelated crime. So he's going to be in there for a while. Um, His testimony completely contradicts what he said before though. He said maybe the reason why he couldn't remember was because he was high. And then in court, on trial, another contradiction, uh, he said that he just stumbled upon the Denny's house. And he went in to rob them, but he ended up in a struggle with them. And he freaked out and shot him and then took off without robbing him. That's what he said in trial. Question. I've been being good. (laughs) Question. Okay. Who's his girlfriend's uncle? I would love to know that information. <laughs> and were they in that neighborhood? Uh, I don't know if they were in that neighborhood at all or not. Because that right there, it doesn't matter any of this other stuff. Because he was clearly coached yeah. to say something yeah. by somebody in this regard. 
Uh, did anybody bother to check if he had any visitation records or mail? Not which that are I know those of. things that are, I thought were required to be reported. See, and, and here's another theory. Uh, yeah. Uh, that I found on Reddit, which isn't, I mean, it's, you know. But. Ah, yes. The second most credible source to Wikipedia, Reddit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but. Uh, Let me tell you something about the government. <laughs> another theory was that his girlfriend was actually there that they were both high and and that they both mistook i know and they never they never checked her also curious about how her name is not included in any part of this report Mm, when i know a suspect i know basically named a person i know who could possibly be considered an accessory uh i know and she was never charged with anything. So that being said, yeah, she's never charged. Neat. Um, so that wrap, wraps up with a lot of questions left. And a lot um, of exasperated face palming. <laughs> uh, but I bet you're wondering, last but not least, who the fuck's palm print was it? Yeah. You want to know? Okay, hit me. What do we got? (laughs) So they finally discovered, finally, after all this, they finally discovered that it belonged to the funeral operator who had stumbled up the stairs on his way into the crime scene. You should see your face. (laughs) And I'm going, why, why was the first, the single first thing that you did, like you didn't immediately do this was rule out every single person who was on the scene that day why did you why i mean why did we not do that that's not even okay as not an investigator but as a as a hobby intellectual Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and as an avid video game enthusiast (laughs) uh okay um so give me a second so i don't scream into your microphone (laughs) but um that's not, I'm not even going to say, like, I, I wouldn't presume to know what standard legal operational mm-hmm. investigation procedure is, yeah. but that... It's eliminate everyone at the crime scene person. Is, that's literally how you fix <laughs> yeah. your toilet. Yeah. Whatever it, whatever you check that it, it that isn't wrong, yeah, leaves yeah. what is exactly. So I'm not sure how they got away with not eliminating everyone at the crime scene, and that usually includes that includes any police officers that showed up. That includes any investigators. It includes any EMTs. Anything like yeah. that. I mean, I, EMT, I don't know how that's they. That's the whole it. reason that EMTs have to show up in court. Yeah. That's I don't the know. the whole reason. Don't know what, how or why they missed it for that long. No idea. Okay, look. No I, idea. I understand that um, probably most of your audience here are very rational people. Who <laughs> I would hope so. are probably <laughs> listening to these things like, no, 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 rule out the crazy conspiratorial bullshit yes. and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to say you made a mistake bringing me on in this case uh, because that's a hit. Mm-hmm. This was a hit. This is a poorly written hit. This is like a pulp. This is a pulp novel hit. I mean, why did his why why did he change his story so many times? And if it was a hit for the girlfriend, why was she never like she was never charged? She was never brought yeah. up. She was never she just like fades into because the background. Doesn't that technically make you an accidental accessory? Well, I mean, because even if she was not, mm, it would be. 
I get. I think technically it would be a straight up accessory, especially yeah. if she knew about it after it happened. Exactly. And she didn't say and anything. She didn't say anything. Yeah. I mean, because she's like, "Oh, you meant to kill my uncle, and now this other guy is dead. Thank you. I love you, but yeah. I'll keep your secret forever." Like, I think that she should have been investigated. I I didn't see where they investigated her very yeah, hard. I don't see. There's so many, they might have. I don't so have all the information. People that are listed here in this yeah. that have no record on an investigation yeah. in them. There's a lot of uh, what have... the fucks. Don't know if this was really a just a case of mistaken identity. I don't know if there's something somebody that had a legit grudge against at least Jack and maybe Elaine got in the way of that or if it was just a robbery gone wrong and when maybe maybe they accidentally shot Elaine first and yeah. then and then you know when Jack was starting to get up they just shot until they let it all go and then got the hell out of there i mean we really don't know because the guy who said he did it wasn't really that forthcoming and i mean well yeah i mean you can't be too forthcoming when you're and, not when you're reading a script well and the, but then they they did say like i did see in there that the murder weapon was never recovered so yeah um man this is weird yeah uh, very very weird case because also it was a nine millimeter and nobody heard it mm-hmm. um my Christmas tinsel is tangling. So that's your Christmas special from your friends here at the Sirens Podcast. Happy Hanukkah, everyone, and L'chaim. <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, and we wish you a Merry Christmas and a, new, a, a Happy New Year. Just so you guys know, our official Season 3 release will be in April. We'll have, I think I have maybe one full-length episode for you before then. And plenty of 20-minute missing and murders in between. So wait on that season three to officially drop. Have a happy new year. Happy new year, everybody. You've reached the end of our episode. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Join Raven next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?